Life Audio. you have heard the phrase, comparison is the thief of joy. Have you ever heard that phrase? Comparison is the thief of joy. Even if you have not heard that phrase, I'm sure that you can immediately connect to it. We live in a culture that is so comparison driven. Everything around us, every advertisement, our social media feeds, others that we interact with on a daily basis, there's so much comparison that exists. What are they doing that I'm not? What do they have that I don't? What are they experiencing that I have not yet experienced? How good are they in spite of or in light of how bad I feel? (laughs) Comparison. We compare ourselves constantly because comparison is pushed right in front of us every minute just about of every day. How do we live in a comparison-driven world and yet hang on to our joy? How do we avoid the trap of comparison? And how do we continue to move forward into the life that we have been called to live? I want to talk about that for a few minutes today. I've had a number of conversations over the last several weeks with folks that are are really struggling, and sincerely so. They're sincerely struggling, uh, struggling in relationships, some in marriages, others with work situations and life situations. And as we sit down and, and try to deconstruct what's actually going on. (laughs) Because in any conversation, there is what is presented as the problem, and then there's the actual problem. And a big part of just trying to be a friend and a help is is trying to get to what is the actual problem? What are we actually talking about? What do we need to really address? And as you dig down through the layers of so many of the conversations I've had in the last several weeks, when you get to the footing, the foundation— that bedrock, what you hit is the trap of comparison. Struggling in marriage because of comparison. Struggling in work because of comparison. Struggling in life because of comparison. This is a huge trap, and it has so many people so bound up that they will never fully live the life that God has called them to live. I want to talk about this for a few minutes and give you some thoughts on how to avoid the trap of comparison. We'll jump into that in just a a moment. Hi, I'm Rebecca Scott. As a servant of God, wife, and mother of four, I understand the juggle of multiple roles and stages. That's why I created the Encourager podcast to help guide us through the messy middle stage of life. Join me on the Encourager as we challenge the chaos and embrace harmony. Together, we'll create practical systems to balance your roles and fulfill priorities. And we will do it while having joy and energy for both home and work life. Tune in for inspiring stories and interviews, actionable tips, and methods to do both home and work life. Because here, we believe you can do all things, just not all at once. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. 
Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hello and welcome to the March or Die show today. Very glad to have you joining me and uh, really looking forward to the opportunity to share some thoughts about what I believe is a crucial topic, a crucial conversation in the cultural environment in which we live and uh, one that I hope will be a help to you today. Before we get there, however, I want to remind you, if you have not yet subscribed to the podcast, please do that. Maybe you're listening on the radio. If you're listening on the radio, thank you for listening. Really appreciate it. Take some time when you get a few minutes. Maybe you're driving and you're listening to this in your car. When you get a few minutes, go over to whatever your favorite podcast platform is. Punch in in the search bar, March or Die, or the March or Die podcast. You can also use my name, Jeremy Stolniker. You'll find me. You'll find the show. Subscribe there. That will uh, let you listen to this episode, of course, but all of the archived episodes, and I'd love for you to go and check those out. Um, any information on me, and again, some of this is, I know people are driving or outside you know, exercising or cutting the grass or whatever you're doing as you listen to this. Uh, I want to make it as easy as possible for you to go and learn more about me and the work that I'm a part of and follow me on socials and listen to podcasts. The easiest way to do that is just to use my name, Jeremy Stallnecker, jeremystallnecker.com. Go and check that out. That will take you to my webpage. And on that page, you can again find links to my podcast, links out to the organization that I'm a part of, the Mighty Oaks Foundation. And uh, all of my socials are there. Everything can be found there, jeremystallnecker.com. So please check that out. And I will also, to those of you that have not listened to the podcast before or more specifically that missed last week's episode, go and check out last week's episode. A wonderful episode. I had the opportunity to speak with Edward Graham of Samaritan's Purse. Uh, what a great conversation. We talked about life <laughs> growing up in the household of the Grahams with Billy Graham as your father and Franklin Graham, our, our, our grandfather Franklin Graham as your father. Uh, what was that like? What did that do in terms of shaping uh, spiritually and even in terms of vocation? Uh, talked about the military and that transition out of the military. Talked a lot about Samaritan's Purse and the work that they do. Great, great conversation. I would encourage you to go and check that out if you have not. Today we're going to get to, uh, again, this topic, and uh, I mentioned this as we started. Uh, the topic is comparison. Comparison is the thief of joy. I love that little quote. I don't know who first said it, but man, what a truth. When we compare ourselves to others, good or bad, by the way, now we, we talk about comparison. We always think that we're looking at people who are better than us or projecting better than us, but we may be comparing ourselves to those who have less than we do, who aren't as talented, <laughs> at least as we perceive it, as we are. Any level of comparison is the thief of joy. And the reason for that is when we are driven by looking at others and evaluating others our lives or our actions or our relationships based on what others are doing, if we're letting others set the standard for us, 
then we are not truly living a life of joy. I've been preaching a series of messages at my home church over the last couple of weeks on the topic of joy. And joy is something that is produced when we're pursuing God. When we look to God by faith, we're trusting God. The product of that is joy. We could go to Galatians chapter 5 that talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Joy is an element of that. That's produced by God. And that is not going to be present if we're trying to generate joy or generate happiness in our lives by comparing ourselves to others. We'll either be filled with pride because we view ourselves as better than them or demoralized and discouraged because we could never be as good. Comparison is the thief of joy. And in a world that is struggling so much to find peace, in a world where there's so much anxiety and angst and fear, in a world full of people like you and me that want to have joy in our lives, one of the major obstacles we must address is the obstacle of comparison. Now, when I talk about March or die. <clears throat> Very simply, move forward or stay where you are and die. Why is staying where you are death? <laughs> well, because God has created us with purpose. God has created us, given us a design. He's also equipped us with unique talents and opportunities and giftings that only we have as individuals. And those were given to us to steward over, to care for, so that we can be used by Him. And if we decide that life is too difficult, that the obstacles are too overwhelming, that the traumas and trials are are, are too much, they have us bound, we can't move forward, or we don't want to move forward, or it's too painful to move forward, if we find ourselves in a place where we want to stop, to quit, to give up, then effectively we're dead. Because that is no life at all. We're hanging on, we're breathing, maybe we're going through the motions, but we're not living the life that God created us to live. We need to move forward. Comparison, as simple as it sounds, as innocuous as it sounds, when we begin to compare ourselves to others, that may be the exact hook that prevents us from moving forward. I want to talk about inspiration versus comparison for just a minute. And then I want to give you five easy thoughts on how we can avoid comparison. But let's talk about inspiration versus comparison, because this is an important conversation, particularly uh, as someone, me, who cares about social media. I think social media can be very, very helpful. Uh, I and the team at the Mighty Oaks Foundation, we've used it effectively to reach out to people, to attempt to inspire people to do better, to pick up and move forward in spite of the traumas and trials in their lives. We do our best to use social media for a positive way. I, I have learned so much from others. I even view some people that I don't know as mentors in certain areas based on what they produce on social media, the content that they give out. So I don't want this to be confused as I'm against seeing what other people are doing or we should never learn from other people. That's not what this is about. Social media, and I would go beyond social media, public platforms, because before social media there was television and there have been newspapers and there have been uh, big-name people who travel around the country and uh, fill up an auditorium, whatever the case. Platforms. Social media, seeing people who have the opportunity 
because of something they've done in their life or something they've experienced to influence others. That is a double-sided sword, a two-edged weapon, if you will. If it cuts one way, it can be inspirational. If it cuts the other way, it can be extremely destructive because of the comparison. So what's the difference? Inspiration is this. If I am inspired by someone that I see because of what they are doing or what they have done, a story that they're telling, instruction that they're giving, inspiration. Inspiration, when it comes my direction, when I am inspired motivates me to do more than I am currently doing. Now, don't miss that. Inspiration is the motivation to do more than I am currently doing. There are so many people in the social media space, so many people that have big platforms that are incredible inspirers. (laughs) They, They provide an incredible inspiration. You see what they're doing or what they've done. You hear these stories. And most of the time, what they're talking about is so big, you could probably not attain that. What they're involved in every day in their lives, maybe it's in the the physical realm, maybe it's a a sport, it's in sports, it's in athletics, uh, maybe it's in business, perhaps spiritually. Man, I follow some incredible social media accounts of missions agencies that are doing amazing work around the world. Last week on the podcast, we talked about Samaritan's Purse with Edward Graham. I mean, it's unbelievable walking around the headquarters of Samaritan's Purse and seeing the thousands and thousands of items that are prepared and ready to ship out to disasters around the world. Uh, Understanding, even as this issue in Hawaii with the fires and the devastation, as horrible as that is, Samaritan's Purse mobilized immediately to be there and help, as are many others. That inspires me. Being there has inspired me. Watching on social media what they do, it inspires me. Seeing what others do, it inspires me. It doesn't push me into a place where I feel like I have to do what they're doing or I have to be as good or as capable as they are. They alone are responsible for the opportunities and the skills that God has given to them. And that's not just Samaritan's Purse. That's any influencer. They are solely responsible to God for how they steward what he has given to them. But for me, what I take from that is inspiration. I look at my own life and evaluate and then begin to ask the question. As I see them doing these amazing things, and as I see these people pouring their lives into these really big, audacious goals, am I doing everything that I can do? Put another way, am I fulfilling God's plan for my life? Am I living up to the potential that God has given me? That's inspiration. And if that's what you draw from those who are uh, what we call influencers, and I don't love that phrase, but uh, people who are inspiring on social media, if that's what we're doing, we're receiving inspiration, it, it inspires us, it motivates us to fully be what God has created us to be, that is absolutely incredible. The problem is when we move from inspiration to comparison. Comparison doesn't necessarily motivate us to do more than we're currently doing. Comparison causes us to look at what someone else is doing or has done, and then to look at our own lives, what we are doing or have done, 
And then to ask the question, and this is the connection between them and us. Ask the question. In the area that I'm watching them, that I'm comparing myself to, am I as good as them or not as good as them? (laughs) Could I be as good as them? Could I be as capable as them? That causes us then to come to the conclusion that I could never be that good. I've tried as hard, I've worked as hard as I possibly can, I've used all the resources available to me, I can never rise to that level. I can never be as good as them. And so that causes a response, comparison. If we're not looking down on others, and this is an aside, if we're not looking down on others, I'm better than them, right? That just causes pride, and that's another issue that is very destructive we could talk about elsewhere. But when we're looking at inspirational people, when we're looking at those who motivate and should, and we compare ourselves, we're going to fall short. That's the nature of social media. And when we fall short, we then have to make a decision. If we're comparing, we either need to quit and or critique. This is why there are so many negative comments on very inspirational people's social media posts. Because folks have found their way there. They've compared themselves, their lives, against that person's life. They believe they've fallen short. And so they have to dismiss what that person has done. They critique them. Quitting and criticism. (laughs) Apart from pride, if I'm looking down on someone that I believe I'm better than, but if someone is doing more than I'm doing, doing it better than I'm doing it, and it's not inspiration, it's comparison, that will drive me to a place where I either need to say, I could never be that good, there's no reason to even try, and, or, I need to come up with reasons why what they're doing is not legitimate. There's a huge difference between inspiration and comparison. If we use the stories and the lives, the talents of others to inspire us to do more, to be the very best we can possibly be, that's incredible. But when we instead compare our lives to theirs, we will always fall short. Because here's the thing. Even if you see someone who you can intellectually conclude is not as good as you, (laughs) there will be someone else who you can't dismiss. Comparison. You'll always fall short. That becomes demoralizing. It causes you to quit and to criticize. There are so many folks who've walked out on marriages and other relationships they've walked out of jobs they've quit pursuing physical fitness they've stopped living the life that God has called them to live spiritually because they look at others and conclude I could never be as good as them This will never be as good as what those people have. So I might as well just give up. Or I can just criticize them and come up with so many reasons that 
we're not on an equal or level playing field. So how do we avoid comparison? I want to give you five thoughts today, and these are you're going to have to work through these yourself, but I'll give you five thoughts. How do we avoid comparison? Uh, the first one, this is so fundamental and central to this discussion. Number one, avoid a superficial identity. <laughs> uh, that is one of those points that you say, and even as you're saying it, you think, I shouldn't need to say this. Avoid a superficial identity. Find your identity in something that is real and is eternal. Now we're getting somewhere. And a, a superficial identity. There are so many of us that are so wrapped up in how we look, how much money we have, what kind of house we live in, what kind of car we drive, who we're married to, what talents they bring into the relationship, what our kids are doing, etc., etc., etc. We wrap our identity, that word identity, think of it this way, we wrap our value or our worth up in these circumstances that we have zero or very little control over. And so when our identity is wrapped up in these things and we see someone else with more or better, then we take that personally... Because it, what those people that we don't know out there are doing, impacts our identity, who we are. I talk about this so often, and and I've done whole episodes on this. I won't do another one. I even talked about this again last week in the episode with Edward Graham, that idea of identity. If we don't find our identity in who God made us to be, If we are not pursuing a life that says, God, I understand that you made me. I know that you have a plan for me. And I want to live that out. If our identity is not found there. And again, I've talked a lot about this. An identity in Christ is an identification with who God is, the fact that Jesus is God, that he died for us, that he rose from the dead, that he provides eternal life and relationship with God the Father. We've talked all the way around this, and you can go back and listen to those episodes if you want to spend more time on that, or go ahead and email me, and, and I can provide some other resources to you. But very basically, if we're going to avoid the trap of comparison, we need to first stop identifying with superficial temporal, that is temporary, stuff. You have, right now, young people, teenagers and preteens, ending their lives because someone makes fun of the way that they look on social media. I have kids. I've been a kid. I know how damaging that can be, how how harsh that can be, how traumatic that can be. I'm not dismissing it as unimportant. But we need to start teaching our kids, and oh, by the way, living as adults, the reality that if we let others determine how valuable we are, we're always going to fall short. But when we allow God to determine how valuable we are, check this out. How valuable does God think we are? Well, so valuable that he sent his son Jesus to leave heaven, come to earth, live among the creation, be murdered by, crucified by the creation, 
but because he's God, he defeats sin and he defeats death. So that all of that is done so that we can have a relationship with him. That's how much God loves us. That's how much God values us. Romans chapter 5. The Bible tells us that God demonstrated his love to us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. How valuable are we? Well, so valuable that even though we hated God and rejected Christ, he loved us and provided redemption through his Son. But if we don't teach kids and then live it out in our own lives, live out in our own lives this this reality that others should not control how valuable we feel. I know words hurt. I know we don't have uh, full control over our emotional response to what others say. I get all of that. But we have to be grounded in an identity that says it's about God and he's bigger than all of this. I said I wouldn't do a whole podcast on that, so we'll move to point number two. Avoid a superficial identity. Find an eternal purpose. That's number one. Number two, live to be the best that you can be in your God-given roles. This is important. Live to be the best that you can be in your God-given roles. I've talked about roles in the past. I've talked about evaluating those and where they come from. God is number one on our list of roles. It should be glorify God. Below that is in that relationship with God. If you're married, there's God. That second relationship, that second role is that of spouse. If you have kids, that would be number three. Work and everything else would follow that. It's God, my spouse, my children. That encompasses my family, and then down through the other roles that I have, work, and so forth. You understand your roles. Again, I've spent time talking about this. You outline those roles. You allow God to reveal through his word, God, show me the roles that you want me to fulfill, the things that you want me to do. Uh, Maybe it's not have a hobby that takes all of my time, or maybe it's not do this other thing that I'm interested in, but only mildly so, but it occupies so much of my attention, I can't do something else. God, what are the God-given roles? What are your roles for me? It is relationship with you, relationship with my spouse, taking care of, training, raising my kids, and then it's these other things, my job, uh, my, maybe it's a hobby, or maybe it's volunteer thing or maybe it's a side thing that you're involved in that God has opened the door for you to do whatever that is let God outline your roles and then focus your life on being the very best that you can be in every one of those God-given roles check this out don't miss this there are people on social media that I allow to inspire me to do better physically to run more, to accomplish more, to try big things. We're trying some big things. We've got some big goals coming up that I'll talk about in the next few weeks um, through the Mighty Oaks Foundation, some big physical stuff that we're trying to do just to get uh, people to, to, to come alongside and see what we're doing. I'm inspired by some of the incredible athletes that I follow on social media. But check this out. Professional athlete is not one of the roles that God has given to me. So I should not dedicate all of my time to becoming an incredible athlete. (laughs) But I do believe that caring for my body is a role that God has given to me. And so as I do the things that God has called me to do in the order that he's laid them out, I need to be the best that I can be in all of my God-given roles. 
We've discussed balance in the past and what that looks like and where that comes from. Uh, Understanding God, my spouse, my family, my work, the other roles that God has given to me. Be the best you can be in each one of those roles. Learn from people. I love learning from professional athletes. I love learning from people that are so focused on whatever thing they're focused on that they're consumed by it. I love it. I take a lot from it. I learn a lot from it. I, uh, where I can, apply lessons and principles into my life knowing that God's roles for me are different than God's roles for them. Not critical of them, but understanding God has given a specific purpose to my life. So, number one, avoid a superficial identity. Number two, live to be the best that you can be in your God-given roles. Number three, this is important, focus on work instead of results or success. Focus on doing the work instead of results or success. I have written on this. I've done podcasts on this. Um, the Bible talks about running your race, and I again, I've talked a lot about that. You can go back and find that in the archives. You can go to the blog and find uh, some places I've written on that. But this is a game changer for so many. It certainly has been for me. When I am struggling with the trap of comparison, and it, it happens, what I'm really doing is not struggling with, I want to work as hard as the person that I'm following or seeing or hearing. Think about missionaries that inspire me, and I, the incredible results that they have, and see so many accept Christ, and the work that they do that's so impactful. And man, it's amazing to me. It inspires me. But when I start to compare, I'm not, if I'm true and honest, <laughs> I'm not comparing my level of work to their level of work. What I'm really comparing myself against them. Uh, Two is the level of success. I'm comparing the results that I've had with the results that it seems like they've had. Isn't that crazy? We don't want to compare how, how hard they've worked and how hard we've worked. We want to compare the stuff that we've gotten from the work and the stuff that they've gotten from the work. <laughs> and that's where we're not all wired the same and God has a different plan for us. Focus on the work instead of the results or some level of success or definition of success. God's called me to run with patience the race set before me. God's called me to steward over what he's given to me. God's called me to live a life that is faithful. But the fruit of that, that's up to God. Now, I struggle with that sometimes. Again, if I'm being honest, I struggle with that sometimes. But when I'm allowing God to work in my life, when I'm at peace, when I'm not consumed with anxiety and fear, it's when I'm able to focus on the work that is in front of me and trusting God for everything else. Focus on the work instead of the results or success. Number four. Number four. Here you go. Limit the influence of those that you do not personally know. Limit the influence of those that you do not personally know. I have an asterisk, uh, asterisk, you know, one of the stars, next to this in my notes. And I want to make a sub point here, but let me make the, the big point first of all. Limit the influence of those that you do not personally know. 
Um, there's a, a saying that you should never meet your heroes. <laughs> as a funny saying. Uh, never meet your heroes. Um, I, I've had the privilege of, of meeting a lot of people in life and um, some well-known people and had the opportunity to sit in rooms and listen to people talk that uh, prior to that I'd only seen on television or in interviews or you know doing their craft, whatever their thing was. And it's, it's, it's kind of true. You build people up a certain way in your mind because you only see kind of one dimension, maybe two dimensions of their life. But when you see that third dimension, maybe you get to know their personality a little bit or you see how they are around other people, how they treat other people or whatever the case. Uh, man, it can be a, a disillusioning experience. Now, thankfully, that's not always the case. I've met some people and I, I've talked about them recently. Um, uh, someone was asking me the other day, hey, you, you spent some time with uh, Nick Vujicic of Life Without Limbs. In fact, I just was on a podcast with him this last week, and we've gotten to know each other. And uh, my wife and I were in Texas with him and his team uh, last year, and we've spent, spent some time together. And, and someone was asking, what is he like in real life? Because we always see him and, and see how happy he is and the things he do, he's doing. What's he, he like in real life? And, and I, <laughs> I just had to laugh. He is the most authentic exactly like you see him on the platform and in interviews and on his social media. He's exactly like that in real life. The dude is amazing because he's so consistent, and I was so relieved to find that out, spending time with him. And we spent time in a few different uh, settings together. And, uh, man, other people I've met that are the exact same way. You meet him, you're like, man, you are exactly <laughs> how I thought you would be. And then you meet other people, and you find out you are nothing like I thought you would be. When we are learning from people that we don't actually know, we're only getting one side of the story. So be very careful to limit the influence of people that you don't personally know. And I'm not saying that because when you personally know someone, you can dismiss what they're saying. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm suggesting. But what I'm suggesting is when you have a personal relationship with someone and you're learning from them, that's so authentic and it's so real and so powerful because their life hopefully backs up what they're saying and you know whether or not it does. The asterisk, the star next to that is this. I believe it's not only okay but also helpful to get specific input in specific areas from people that you don't know. For example, I have made the point before that with social media and with the internet, with podcasts, we have the opportunity to have so many mentors and coaches come into our lives, people that we would never meet, could never meet, but high level, uh, very thoughtful, understand what they're doing, and they can teach us. And I have learned from so many people, and I'm talking talk about physically here, as I've learned about running and ultra events that I've been a part of and other things I've done. I've learned so much from people that I will never meet in person by getting on their public platform, whatever that is. That's learning a specific skill, getting specific input for something very specific. <laughs> and what I mean by that is I wouldn't go to these professional athletes that I do not know and try to learn from them about marriage or try to learn from them about some other area of life that's important because I don't know them. But in their area of expertise, I'm allowing them to speak into my life. This would be the same with books, uh, reading books by authors that I don't know, and I read all of the time. Read, learn what they have to teach, 
understand where they're an expert and what they have to speak into your life, but don't take on this belief that because they're an expert in one area, they are an expert in all. Limit the influence of those you do not personally know. And then number five, finally, stay in the word and in prayer. Stay in the word and in prayer. The Bible is truth. The word of God is truth. And as we read the Word of God, we're allowing our lives to be contrasted to the, the truth of the Word of God. Uh, Hebrews 4 talks about the Word of God as cutting. <laughs> it cuts. It reveals what's true and what's real. It guides us. It directs us. The psalmist said it's a light to our path. Stay in the Word. Allow God's Word to influence you. And stay in prayer. As we pray, we allow God's will to become our will. Our will is aligned to Him and to what He wants. And it's God's Word and His prayer that keep us on the right path and reveal to us what's true and what is not. If you're going to compare yourself, compare yourself to the eternal Word of God, not to other flawed, broken people <laughs> who are just like you trying to figure it out. Comparison is the thief of joy. There's so much to be learned from other people, and I'm very grateful for so many inspiring people and stories and institutions. And, man, what a blessing it is that we have access uh, to podcasts and to online messages that are preached. And some preached many, many years ago, but we have access to those now in books and, and social media platforms. We have access to all of these things. Take advantage of those. Be inspired by them. But be very careful not to compare yourself. Because as the Bible says, when we compare ourselves among ourselves, we are not wise. Keep moving forward. Keep trusting God. Take one step after another. Learn from others. But be entirely and completely what God has created you to be. I appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Take some time. When you get an opportunity, go over to Life Audio, lifeaudio.com. You'll find this podcast, many other incredible podcasts there, and I'd encourage you to check those out. Thank you for listening. And, uh, if you have a chance, if you have the opportunity, go over to jeremystonlicker.com. I almost forgot to add that today. Uh, jeremystonlicker.com. You can find my website, of course, all of my connections, information about myself. Everything is there, so go and check that out. Really appreciate it, appreciate you, and look forward to talking to you next time. Many of our veterans feel they need to fight their battles alone. This self-isolation has led to the staggering statistic of more than 20 veterans taking their lives every day. The mission of Mighty Oaks is to eradicate the veteran suicide epidemic and help our warriors change their legacies. We've been able to help over 4,000 veterans and first responders by equipping them with the tools they need to live the lives they were created to live. Our faith-based, peer-to-peer approach has one of the highest success rates of any program available today, offering hope and understanding to those who need it most. By aligning their lives to biblical principles, these men and women are able to lead their families, their communities, and our nation. It's your generosity that can make a difference in the lives of the men and women who have fought for our country and our freedoms. Now that they're home, don't let them fight alone. 
Learn more at MightyOaksPrograms.org. Hey, everybody. I'm Dale. And I'm Tamara. And we're hosts of the Kynos Project podcast. Where we help you tackle ancient Christian truths in everyday settings. The word kainos means new, and that's exactly what we want to do on our podcast. Bring something new from what is old in our faith. And on this show, you might hear us explore topics like what the Bible has to say about student loan forgiveness, discuss how the satanic temple affects our view of religious liberty in America, or even question why is it that so many people are having rapture anxiety. To learn more about the podcast, go to lifeaudio.com.